0: Where is there a misalignment? And be in that, be grateful for it, be grateful that you even feel that, and then say, okay, there gets to be a change in this area. And so misalignment is a beautiful message. It's a beautiful message that we're not quite on track in terms of the life that we get to live.
1: Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message for me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious and I want to thank you for spending it with me here today, but just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together. And strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher-performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Alicia Donums, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you,
0: Scott? So great to be here. Thank you.
1: It is amazing to have you here. Yay. First things first. Question that, <laughs> the question that I always ask everyone. How do you define outperforming and what does it mean for you to outperform in your life?
0: Great question, Scott. I know you're going to start with that. <laughs> so outperforming the norm. Well, I firmly believe you get to run the race against yourself. And one, say, one thing I would say in terms of outperforming the norm is I personally feel like I'm always on. And someone might hear that and say, that sounds exhausting. And we got one life. And you know, the whole, the whole, uh, sleep when you're dead. There's that that whole mantra. And it's not that I go without self care. I actually, my whole life is designed around the life I want to live is almost 20 years ago. I started my own business so I can indeed stay at home. My daughter's 18 years old. Mm -hmm. That's when I started my business. Oh, she's almost 19 at this point. And and so what I would say is you get to always be on, you get to be observant, you get to see where you need to be at that certain time. It's exactly what's happening in our current reality right now. Uh, we are in a point of the pandemic. Uh, we are in a point where there is rebellion, protests, civil unrest, uh, uh, we're in a place where people want to stop. We want it to stop. And what I mean by it is a whole system that has been set up to benefit some and to burden others.
1: Yes. And it is certainly interesting times that we're living in and, and I know you do a lot of work around unconscious bias and you're doing some tremendous work regarding the times that we're in right now. Uh, before we even get into some of those things, I would like for you to just tell the audience a little bit of your backstory. Um, you know, you mentioned that you started your business 20 years ago and I don't know if you just want to start there or tell the personal or professional part of it, but I'd be curious how you got to where you are today. Uh, Because I've been following you for a while, I'm a big fan, and you're obviously doing some tremendous work. So, can you take the audience through that?
0: Absolutely. So, success is not a straight line; (laughs) it's actually curly Q. And you never know. I mean, when I was when I was in junior high, I wanted to be I wanted to be a model. I remember that, and then I wanted to be an international lawyer. You know, you never know what you want to be when you're a kid, and life just kinds of life and you figure out what happens. So. Uh, Almost 20 years ago, I originally started my business and it, it started out of me needing to fill a need. I was a single mother and I knew that I didn't want to work away from the home. So I needed. To, I sat down. And I said, "Okay, what do I? What do I do? What do I do? What skill set do I have?" And at that point, being a, an English graduate from English major graduate from UCLA, having just spent before I before I had my uh, daughter, having spent a year traveling around the world as a travel writer, which was a fantastic experience, and then landing back with you know, long story short, uh, having a child, and you know what leads up to that usually <laughs> is that. <laughs> Uh, realizing, wow, I'm a <laughs> I'm a single mother and I'm not going to do that. It was during the time when people were driving from, like, I lived in Sacramento at the time, to the Bay Area every day for the high-tech jobs yeah. and driving two and a half hours each way. I said, that, that doesn't seem like quality of life to me. And so one thing that I've always put first in my life is, what do I want my life to look like? What quality of life? What does be, well-being look like? And, and so for me, it was staying home with my daughter. So at that point, I kind of I pulled together what I had, you know, travel writing experience, a degree from UCLA. I uh, took some courses in technical writing and I started my own technical writing business at that point. So that's like going back, back, back almost 20 years. And then that business has evolved into what I have today. So uh, through that process, I, I wrote a book. I started doing women's conferences. And then when I did a woman's conference and they said, hey, can you help me write a book? And then I started a program, which I still do today, which is called Bestseller in a Weekend, the book funnel. I've been helping people write books for over 15 years. And that led me to writing another book and this book being called I get to how using the right words can radically transform your life relationships and business. So that's really condensing almost 20 years into, you know, 20 seconds that I just shared right now. And, and in this process, what I'm doing now is really being focused on conscious communication, leadership, realizing that I'm a leader. And uh, being a business leader, being uh, really being a, a, of support and, and fanning the flames of uh, greatness for my clients, wanting to see them succeed, seeing them write their books and use it as a leadership tool, use it as a business tool. And I was, I was in this place of, okay, where's the deeper cut for me? Where can I grow? How can I influence and impact people? And anywhere I can go in that, direction i i will so outperforming the norm is stretching yourself stretching yourself and realizing that there is rest and when you reprieve you take a step back like i have a massage scheduled for tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) and and then getting getting back out there getting back out there doing the work doing the work that people don't want to do doing the deep work even Thinking about when I support my clients in writing books, a lot of my clients who write books, they're, they're healing from a trauma that happened maybe in their childhood years. And they avoided that work for a decade, two decades, three decades, four. And now they're going back. It's like, oh, what got me here is not going to get me to the next level. So I actually need to go back and do the work to be able to continue on, to up-level to not only impact my life but impact the world so going back to your uh, going back to your question and starting off with you know a little bit about me yes i'm an entrepreneur 20 years i'm a mother uh, 18 years i am a leader i i focus on how can i how can i serve the world and and so that's that's where i would begin with your question hopefully i hit on some things there. No,
1: no, it's great. And I want to highlight a couple of things that you said before we get into I get to, because uh, I'm very fascinated by kind of the genesis of that book and how it came about. But you mentioned a couple of times putting well-being first. and, And I think in my eyes, what I would call consciously designing your life, which I think is something that not a lot of people are willing to do. And it sounds like you did it very early on, like 20 years ago, at a point where it just seems like it would be so easy for you to say, well, I'm, I'm having a daughter, I had a daughter, like I should go and I should be commuting and I should have this corporate job that provides good benefits and a stable paycheck, yet I'm willing to actually say how can I put my well-being first, how can I consciously design this life that I want, who taught you that? Or is that something that's just always come easy for you? Or
0: I might have why? channeled that. Yeah, I, Thank you for that, that question, from? Scott. I, I might have channeled that. It actually happened before. I've always been a daydreamer. I've always been someone who knew that I wanted to to craft and consciously design, as you said, my life. And it even happened, I mean, since a very young age, I just knew that, freedom was important to me some of the values that i live by today freedom and wellness and connection and setting free and being free freedom is very much a a, a a theme in my life and i would say when i think about when i backpacked around the world when i graduated from college everyone was getting jobs and i thought i mean i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna travel around the world it was just, actually i got the idea from a woman i was working it was bookkeeping And when I was going to UCLA, I had a a part-time job where I did some uh, bookkeeping, working at a bookkeeping company. I wasn't actually bookkeeping. I was filing. And and this woman walked in and she was a big New York, she used to be a big New York advertising agent. And she just uh, walked in and she said, yeah, I just finished traveling around the world. And I said, you did what? (laughs) And I was probably like 20 or 21 years old. And she said, I just traveled around the world. I'm like, oh my goodness, tell me about that. And she goes, oh, there's these things called round the world tickets. And you buy it and, and you did that. And I, I'm someone, it's like, I'm like a dog with a bone. It's like if I, a pit bull, like if I find, hear an idea that feels freeing and tantalizing and any of those like great adjectives, I feel oh, I, that's something I want to do. And so I knew before I even graduated, I used the graduation gift my mom and dad gave me as a way to buy that round the world ticket. And I spent the next year Backpacking around the world alone, actually traveling, uh, li- living on sailboats in the South Pacific, uh, traveling the Himalayas, hiking, like doing all of this, just kind of showing up. Uh, you know, I- I've always considered myself. I'm someone that belongs everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Like I-, I, I fit in and I don't fit in, and and that was the perfect place for me to be and travel. and And as I and as I traveled, it's so interesting. Because of the way I look, people always thought I was from where they were. <laughs> like they, people thought I was aboriginal from, uh, ab- from uh, Australia. The, a Maori man came up to me and, and he was, uh, I was about to river raft in, in New Zealand. And, and he goes, what blood are you? And I'm thinking, what, what do you mean? What blood am I? <laughs> he red. Goes, yeah, I've, I've read blood. What do you mean? Yeah. He goes, What are you? And I said, Oh, what do you mean no, I am? Oh, I'm half, I'm half black and half white. My, my, my dad is from New Orleans and my mom is from England. And he goes, aren't we all? He said that in terms of me saying I'm half black, half white. He goes, aren't we all? I'm like, okay. Like what an interesting conversation. When I was in Nepal, like I just blended in and and it was just an interesting, it was an interesting ex- life experiment. And I remember people thinking something that was going to, something, some harm was going to come my way. And I like literally not a hair on my head was touched on this trip. And, and so that was, that was me crafting and designing and consciously designing my life. I believe in alignment. And when something is off, meaning your life the relationship you're in, the, the job you're doing. Just if something is off, there's a misalignment. And actually in the work I do with women, I do a lot of women's leadership work. I call it the princess and the pea. There's that story, the nursery, story, a nursery rhyme story where uh, the, the, the prince is ready to get married and the queen says, oh, I'm, we're going to find you a bride. And all these ladies come through. And the mom says, the queen says, the woman who... Feels that there's a pee in the mattress because there's the mattresses stacked. The woman who feels that there's a pee, she's the princess, she's the one you get to marry. And so, as these women come through, and and the, the mom's asking, How was your night's night's sleep? How was your night's sleep? And one woman said, Oh, wow, I, I slept all right, but you know what? I felt something, I felt something in the mattress ding 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 what that means is she felt the pee it was so in, insignificant but she felt the misalignment she felt the it was a test of nobility and a test of sen, uh, being uh, being sensitive and and what i do in my life i i feel the feelings i feel if there's a misalignment i feel if something is off and in my life if i am in a situation that is not aligned with my values, not aligned with the the dream of my life, there's a couple of things I can do. I would say there's two things. One is I get to reframe it, which is the concept of my book, the power of reframing. Like, okay, there's a lesson in here for me. Uh, There's a lesson to be learned. So there's that reframe. And then you can reframe for so much, you know, you learn all the lessons and you're like, okay, it's time to make a change. And then that would be number two is to make a change. If there's a misalignment and if you feel the pee in your mattress, <laughs> notice it. And for a couple nights, you'll be like, okay, this is, teach me some lessons and maybe I'll like massage my back a little bit and see how I can work with this pee. And then I get to jettison it. I get to, I get, this is not working. And then there's that 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 final, uh, final consensus. So. We just went a lot of, we just went so many places there.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. So when you talk about alignment, you know, one of the things I usually, and outperform the norm, I break it down into health, happiness, and high performance. I think they're the three things that you need uh, if you want to live, quote unquote, an outperforming life. Take care of yourself, do something that you find joy in that fills you up. And then also the high performance part is productivity, getting things done professionally, etc. cetera. When you look at alignment in people's lives, do you break it down into specific categories or how do you look at the different areas or aspects of your life that are in or out of alignment?
0: That's a great question. And I love how you divide it into health, happiness, and high performance. What I would really develop it from a place of how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And, And yes, your life could be working in terms of your relationship, in terms of your business, but maybe you don't like the place you live. That personally, that was my experience. I was, uh, I was renting a, a place in the process of buying a house and I really did not like this place I was renting. It was just like a short-term thing and it ended up being a little longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I've reframed this. I've seen the benefits. I've, I've, I've honored the place. So I go through that process and it ain't working. <laughs> So it gets to that point and, and I, I made a decision. And so, so when there's misalignment in your life, you just, you get to be quiet. Yeah. You get to feel, hmm, where's there a misalignment? And, and be in that, be grateful for it, be grateful that you even feel that and then say, okay, there gets to be a change in this area. Yeah. And so misalignment is a beautiful message. It's a beautiful message that we're not quite on track in terms of the life that we get to live. And it's an
1: opportunity, right? Yes. Rather Mm -hmm. than beating yourself up for being out of alignment, just look at it and say, okay, this is actually an opportunity for me to now get back into alignment and to right the ship and to be able to live the type of life that I want.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it's something that you just notice and you take as a sign. Yeah. So
1: let's get into your book because this is honestly uh, one of the things that I mention in so many of my speeches. I just say, instead of saying, I have to say, I get to, and it's ironic that you have a book that goes much, much deeper than what I probably do in regards to the concept. But the book is I get to how using the right words can radically transform your life, business, and relationships. Talk to me about how you came up with a concept for this book and kind of how it came about
0: absolutely so uh, probably about six years ago, seven years ago 2013 uh, one of my friends lewis house invited me to a leadership training in los angeles and these leadership trainings are throughout the country uh, but the one i went to in particular is called mitt which is mastery in, in transformational training Ooh. and and so mitt is this powerful powerful i would say uh, emotional intelligence training, and so I—the th- I, concept of I get to and I have to—is not originally mine. And you know, really, at the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun.
1: Ah, uh, that's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> none of this is originally ours. It's just putting your own kind of flavor to it, I guess.
0: Exactly, exactly. So I heard that in the training was one of the most. It was one of my breakthrough moments. Is the power of reframe that you could say, I have to go to work. Or you can say, I get to go to work, yes. Or I have to do the dishes, I get to do the dishes, meaning I have running water, I have food, I just maybe prepared dinner for my family and friends. So that simple reframe is a life changer it's one of the takeaways that when i when i do my leadership trainings when i facilitate it's one of those those tools you can put in your pocket that you can immediately use and immediately affect change and so when it comes to outperforming the norm it might not always be like you know getting first place in the Olympics or traveling around the world or, you know, having a fantastic life where everyone knows you and, and you know, eight figures in the bank or whatever all of these, like, l- large goals that we might have, large platitudes that we might aspire to. It's being able to, in your current circumstance, see the gratitude.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any other tips, tricks, ways that you have people see that gratitude other than just the simple reframe of you know catching yourself when you're saying, I have to do this, I have to do that. Other than the reframe of pivoting that to I get to, are there any other ways that you have people recognize when they're not coming at it from that angle?
0: And that's a great question. Actually, in my book, I have 40 communication scripts. So I have to, to I get to is not the only one. Another one is, did it happen for you versus did it happen to you? Yeah. So a lot of it's like, you know, this victim conversation and, and that's why we get to be really mindful because there is a thin line. We get to, we, you know, talking about what's happening now, we get to pursue and demand justice and we get to see there, there's the both and there's, I, 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 I firmly believe. And I think actually these reframes are spiritual communication tools. What I would say um, from, I have to, to, I get to, did it happen to me or did it happen for me? Another reframe is we talk about like, I'll try to, I'm committed. So these are spiritual tools. These are leadership tools to be able to see the beauty in the moment the beauty even in the current circumstances because leaders in fact are bigger than their circumstances so whatever tools you need in that particular moment being able to access those to change to change the current circumstances based on mindset mm-hmm. i mean we go back to victor frankl mm-hmm. man search for meaning how can someone like victor frankl or nelson mandela use words use mindset tools to shift current circumstances and see from a place of you know what it happened for me and and even further than that how I'm gonna use what happened for me to impact and serve the world mm-hmm. so it's 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 a mindset tool so we we get to work on our mindset we get to work on our mindset and that is what all of us individually can do. Does everyone have access to that? Maybe not so. Maybe we need to support people in getting there. Maybe not everyone has access to that. It took me several years, decades, to be able to access these tools. Even though I felt like I was successful in outperforming the norm in my 20s. I went and traveled around the world. I started doing women's conferences. I bought my first, like, bought a house in San Francisco when I was 30 years old. So I was, I was outperforming, 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 outperforming. And outperforming can be unsustainable. That's the word I'm looking for. Unsustainable when you're always, always pushing, 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 and not satisfied what you have in the here and now. So what I would encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast is yes, dig deeper. Yes. You know, pursue up level. Yes, yes, yes. And be centered in where you are. Be grateful because only from a place of gratitude can you pursue the the higher limits. Mm
1: -hmm. So I'm curious and two different ways I want to go with this. But the first one is that you mentioned that everybody might not have access to Mm. this. I sometimes say you condition the mind like you condition the body, you know, the Mm -hmm. same way that you don't get fit from lifting a weight one time. And if you haven't exercised for a while, if you go out there and if you do anything, it's going to feel extremely uncomfortable. It's going to be really challenging, different. It's just going to feel hard. Is that what you mean if you're trying to make some of these reframes? And maybe you've been saying for so many different years I have to, I have to, I have to, or it's happening to me instead of it's happening for me. Is that what you mean? People don't have access to it just because they've been doing something a certain way for so long? Or what exactly do you mean by that?
0: Exactly. Uh, We've been conditioned and some people have been, uh, well, we all have been conditioned and indoctrinated in some way where we have particular belief systems and particular uh, biases and particular limiting beliefs. That we've so been conditioned in, it's like created who we are. So, condition, condition, day to day creates who we are. And so, it really takes a disruption. Like, it takes us being like, like, it really requires something very disruptive to take us out of that hamster wheel. So, for example, I was invited into an emotional intelligence training. I. Most likely because I come from a place that I've been reading self-help books since I've been 20 and I have always been reading and searching for more and life is an opportunity to continue to grow and grow and grow. So what if there's someone who was not introduced to that? And we all get to take 100% responsibility. So if there's someone not introduced to it, they don't understand it. It's a different language, so when it's a different language, you're speaking a different language. I mean, I'm sure, Scott, have you spoken to someone who cannot speak the language of emotional intelligence? Oh, sure, yeah. And Absolutely. isn't it, it could be very difficult to get through to them mm-hmm. until they have a breakthrough moment, until they're exposed to this, until they're hungry to learn. And so that's the, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there's yay this is an exciting time to be alive and there's a lot going on there's there's you know the there, i've seen the fight between good and evil i think the archbishop just wrote the president a letter talking about the fight of good and evil which was really profound to read that i mean there's everyone's weighing in at this time and it's really like it's a it's a really I'm I'm really energized by this time, even though it is also a time of uh, deep pain and confusion and uncertainty for so many people. So going back, if someone's not exposed, to it and they've seen things a certain way all their life, and they've been indoctrinated, it's like it's it's it could be like prison. And and so what we can do is support someone by offering our trainings, going out, you know, being a being serving the community, serving the larger world, and and then some people unless they get the essence or the glimmer where they start to seek it in themselves because sometimes it just requires a little tiny drop and then you're like, ooh, I, this is, I wanna learn this more. But yes, indeed, it does include, need to, it includes conditioning and new, not indoctrination, because we've been in, it's, it inqu- requires starting anew every moment that you're, that you're hungry to learn. You're a new person every moment. And, and, it's, uh, it, can be very, it can be very complex and simple at the same time. It can be as simple as I get to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to pivot to this and, and probably close out just in the aspect of leadership and what we're going through right now as a society. And I've heard you mention it a couple of times. And one, one of the things that I always compel every person in the outperforming community to understand is that they are a leader. Like, I don't care what your title is. You don't need to be CEO, COO, senior manager, captain, whatever, that's an appointed title. I talk to emergent leaders, which we need in our cities, in our communities, in our country, now more than ever before. So I'll put you on the spot a little bit here because you do a lot of leadership training. You've done it for a long time. And I just finished my book on leadership, so I did a lot of research on how people actually define it. But in your own individual definition and viewpoint of of leadership how how do you define that and what does it mean to you to be a leader
0: Mm -hmm. i am not where i get to be so i'm on my journey we all are i would i i I would say that servant leadership would be the pinnacle of leadership Mm -hmm. and there's only a few i can name mother Teresa, martin luther king and jesus maybe there's a few others And, and that's like a pinnacle that I don't think many of us can reach. We can attempt, we can, we can be on that journey. We can be committed to that. And that's the journey I'm on is uh, servant leadership. And that's, that's being in the trenches with people that's lift, that's pulling up your sleeves, doing the work. That's, that's deep empathy, uh, deep compassion, deep connection. It's, having the difficult conversations, it's being in the difficult conversations, it's being vulnerable and saying, I don't know what to say at this point. Uh, am I going to even contribute to the conversation? It's, it's, it's taking it's being on that long weary journey that we are on right now and we'll stumble every once in a while and we'll be rejuvenated and get back up and still being committed to that journey. So it's this deep leadership that I would call servant leadership that few of us have fully achieved. And where what I, what I believe leadership is, is being bigger than your circumstances, being humble and, and, I think my leadership is still uh, interwoven with, you know, what do I need to do today? Uh, so some, definitely some, you know, some survival stuff, which we all have, you know, Maslow's pyramid, think about all of that. And I, I personally believe something like Maslow's pyramid, we, we kind of float it through it throughout a day, you know, based on where we are emotionally and, and uh, uh, and, and where we are. And, and and so self-awareness is really important for this process as well. So I would say my ideal leadership would be servant leadership. I gave examples of who I believe those people are. And I would say for all of us out there, it's being committed to the long journey and stretching in ways that don't feel so comfortable, perhaps sometimes. Uh, sometimes I know, I know there's a lot of people who just want to get back to business and is back to normal leadership is being agile being nimble and showing up and meeting people where they are where they are at this time and it depends on the context as well not being tone deaf to what is happening not putting your head in the sand and being what people need from you in this moment.
1: Well said, very well said. I would like to go to some of the events that have happened right around the time this podcast is being recorded. And I'm recording this from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, You know, what happened to George Floyd was probably four miles down the street that I live on, on Lake Street, And it's obviously a huge time of unrest and seems to be that the the wheels of change are already happening and i know that we brought up some of the work that you're doing with unconscious bias before and i'll be the first one to say that i you know in the midst of all these things that have happened previous to george floyd when it happened and i I saw things like black lives matter like just to be point blank honest with it i I kind of got it, but I didn't really get it. This was the first time that it's actually hit me and I've really got it. And when you look at, you know, some of the work that you do with with unconscious bias and kind of how you look at our path forward, I don't even know if this is an intelligent question, but like what uh, how do you see things kind of moving forward and what do you think is the route for us to be able to kind of look inside of ourselves and come to some place of fairness and equality that we just quite honestly haven't achieved for so long, despite all of these things that have happened previously.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Scott, for that question. I think this is a great time to just notice, just notice. I just see what's happening, listen, hear what people are saying. We're not going to agree with everyone. My opinions, the way I facilitate my trainings are going to be different from some other person who does it. And one thing that, that I personally am committed to is that peace is the solution and grace is the journey. So there's no stupid questions at this point we're all figuring it out. That's where agile leadership comes in. And also servant leadership is, uh, if anything, just be and show up. Mm -hmm. Listen and be in alliance, be with people. You don't have to say anything, be there. Just your presence and your heart and your intention and this is a time where we really look at, okay, when we think of those symbols of servant leadership, Jesus and mother Teresa and Martin Luther King, and maybe a few others people couldn't write in is, um, okay, what would they do in this situation?
1: Do you, let, let me shift to this. Do you have any favorite quotes or any, it could be a scripture passage or anything else. Do you have, Anything that you really feel like encapsulates you that you try to live your life by,
0: as mm. a leader. Well, it in terms of living my life by, I'm I. There's a there's a few there's a few universal laws I would say I live my my life by, and I the truth will always bubble up. Like the truth is always going to bubble up, and what we're feeling now is a bubbling. Mm. There's a bubbling. Yeah. There's a bubbling, the truth will bubble up. When, when there's injustice, when there is lies, we can see it in every corporation. Uh, Uber, I use that as an example with the, the sexual uh, assaults and, and harassment and rapes that have happened in that uh, company when they finally released the report last year. And it's like we already knew yeah. because it's an essence Energy doesn't lie. You can tell how organizations are run. You can just feel it from, from an energetic perspective. And it, it just doesn't lie. And so the truth will bubble up just like in the Uber situation. They, they, they had to. They had too many, the, the water was coming out the dam and they had too many fingers and toes. Like, oh, they're lawyers. It's like, well, we got to just tell the truth because this is exhausting. So that's what happens. And what's happening now is many people, like we're two weeks into this, Many people are already exhausted, and I'm just saying we ain't even got started. This is a long walk, and be quiet and listen to what's coming up from you. Uh, from you, like what? Like what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your physical sensations? If you're feeling, we're going to have a lot of psychological discomfort, which is already happening. People are people are like, is this going to change? We're 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 there's we're feeling turbulence. We're feeling a lot as a people individually. There's just a lot going on. It's like, well, you know, there's there's a lot of tension. And so just feel it and notice it. And we get to actually be in this tension, in this discomfort, because guess what? In basic psychology, when there is pain, when there's discomfort, on the other side of that is a breakthrough.
1: Is that typically your advice to some of your clients and when you do trainings? Because you seem like someone that dating all the way back to when you traveled around the world, you've been very comfortable with change, stretching yourself, getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable. Uh, But for people that aren't wired like you, that just kind of want to stay in their safe space and don't want to rock the boat too much... uh, do you just have them focus a little bit more on on the journey and what's going to kind of happen on the other side? Or what? how do you talk to them about being able to stretch themselves or, or being comfortable being uncomfortable?
0: That's interesting. I think the world and the environment is shifting where they, they will indeed uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's like I don't even have to do it as a trainer. The world's doing it.
1: <laughs> you know, the it's, truth yeah
0: it is. it's like if the pandemics you know slash job loss slash uh, protests haven't taught us anything is that life as we know it is changing on a moment-by-moment basis and and so part of that is your your comfort you get you get to be comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and and so Part of that is being quiet, being observing energy, just observing what's happening without judgment. Just observe without without judgment. That's the thing. Like observe, like oh, this is happening, and just notice.
1: I feel like we could talk for the rest of the day about this. We, and trust we can. Me, I, I would love to, but.
0: <laughs> um, there's, there's things to do and bills to pay. Oh, so, <laughs> there,
1: there is, But it's, it's just interesting conversation and I <laughs> mm-hmm. appreciate having it with you. Uh, so to close this out, what, uh, where would you like people to find out more about what it is that you do and uh, where can people find you?
0: Absolutely, thank you, Scott. So you can go to aliciadunhams.com. That's kind of my everything portal. My main business is supporting, helping uh, people in writing books. So I have a program called Bestseller in a Weekend. You can uh, sign up for a free strategy session. Whether you want to write your own book or uh, have one of a member of my team write it for you. So I've been doing that for years, uh, and I. As Scott has, and I have talked about, I'm a leadership trainer, so I do women's leadership, I do corporate corporate's leadership, and I, I coach clients as well. And so, AliciaDunams.com and BestLearnAWeekend.com. Yep.
1: Yeah. So two things. One, I will have all those links in the show notes for this episode. Two, for all the outperformers, you know that I say every single person has a book in them. There's no one better at helping you write it than this woman, Alicia. So I would highly recommend checking her out uh, because the book is a tremendous, tremendously gratifying experience on a lot of levels. So I would highly recommend checking that out. Lastly, any words of wisdom or any other parting shots that you would like to leave with the outperforming audience?
0: Mm, I would say leave uh, last thoughts would be that we are here. This is my little, my spiritual self. I, I, I truly believe that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience here and, and be in that self, be in that witnessing energy And just watch what's happening. Watch what's happening. And then when you are so called, when you are so called, act.
1: Well said. Well said. Alicia, on behalf of the outperforming audience, everybody listening and watching, we want to thank you very much for your time and um, all of your insights. Thank you so much. Thank you so
0: much, Scott. Be well.
1: And everybody out there, wishing you the best of health, happiness, high performance. Keep out performing. Have a great day. Take care hello outperformers three more quick things before we sign off here today first and foremost thank you so much for listening to this episode i understand how many different podcasts are out there and i do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset it is our most precious commodity and i appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, Maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the outperforming movement and the outperform podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more, tools, and tips, and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelle.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit, to resiliency and focus, to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day personally and professionally once again if you'd like to access those free resources head on over to Scottwelly.com, s-c-o-t-t-w-e-l-l-e so, as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep out performing, and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.